This episode is for anyone who's ever experienced the pain and emptiness of an incredible connection that just never went anywhere. I was here for the fireworks show, but then I would dip out, you know, things didn't work out. I didn't have the capacity. And I, I like to say it's like, we know the term kaboom. It's like I was here for the ka, but I would like dip for the boom, you know? And that was like, that was my MO. And in working with so many men over the years, I'm like, I see this pattern, not just from me being that way in the past, but also a lot of men. Um, being so open and available for the beginning stages of connection, but then um, not having the capacity or not choosing to have the capacity to be able to to be there in open communication and vulnerability in deciding whether this is going to go the long distance or it's just a now thing. If you've ever experienced a connection like this, whether you're the one addicted to the thrill of the new or you were once the new toy thrown to the side once the novelty wore off, I promise you're going to get some answers and maybe even some new important questions during this episode of Lovers and Friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, Lovers and Friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I said, Hi there, lovers and friends. Welcome to Lovers and Friends, a podcast. My name is Sham Boudram. Here we talk about sex, love, relationships, and intimacy. And here is my friend, Brendan, um, which is, I always, I'm umming this. I'm having a cause for pause because I have an episode that's called, I'm a grown ass woman who doesn't have any friends. And then someone commented, every fucking episode you open it with, and here's my friend. (laughs) What I meant by that is that I don't tend to have a lot of active friendships with people that... I know what's happening with them at any given time and vice versa. And I feel really grateful that we are developing. I feel like over, you know, now we're friends. I'm questioning it as I'm saying it because <laughs> you're not chiming in. <laughs> I'm just saying like, it's, it's true for me. We are friends, you know? Um, we're not active friends though because I actually don't know what's happening. You, We are check-in friends. Yeah. And for me, like that's more powerful because you know the status of my life, how I travel and stuff. So anybody, like whenever I walk in, to the doors of your house with you and Jared, it feels like we pick up where we left off, even if there was like six months in between. Yes. There's like no like awkward, like, so how you been, you know? Yes. And I appreciate that. That actually makes sense because that's probably the culture you're used to being a nomad, mm-hmm. that you have lots of people that you have meaningful connections with that you may not see for years at a time. But I think the average person, I mean, has people who live close and should know how they're feeling at any given time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I feel that deeply just because um, I've had to learn to be that way, you know, mm. learn to enjoy like the moments when I walk through your front door and I'm like, I'm with you and Jared and your babies. I'm like, this is a beautiful moment. You know, I hold on to those things because um, I know for sure with, the, with you being a very busy parent and amazing like businesswoman also, it's like you have shit going on. I got shit going on. We ain't gonna probably see each other another half a year. Yes, <laughs> but I've been seeing you a lot more frequently, which I really deeply enjoy. I'm coming to a point in my life where it's like, I I don't necessarily despise travel, but I'm not as like gung-ho about it like I used to be. Like it used to be this thing where I want to go do it and want to go make new connections. And now I'm just like, eh, I'd rather post up in one spot for a couple months. Actually, before we continue, because this is an all-in-one episode, who the fuck are you? Because I feel like I'm like, this is my friend that does not qualify you to speak and be a meaty man. You have a tons of other qualifications and cool things that you've done and an expertise that has brought you to amazing places, which is where we met in Turks and Caicos when we both worked on Too Hot to Handle. And uh, yeah, tell the people about what what wakes you up every day. I wanted to think of the word, do you know icky guy? The, the term ik, ik? icky guy? It's hella wrong. Um, but it's a term in... Japanese, oh, guys, this is why I need edits. <laughs> it's a Japanese word to describe someone's why. So they mm. said in Japan, they don't have retirement. They just have ikigai. Please insert the right word here. But in essence, as you grow older, your why becomes different. Yeah. But everybody still has something that gets them up in the morning. Yeah. So what is your ikigai and what gets you up in the morning and tell people about it? Mm. So... Um, my why, well, first who I am, I'm, I'm from New York originally, um, between there and Jersey and I have a heavy sports background. And, um, so I've always been a part of like a team entity, you know, like co-regulation, blah, blah, blah. Um, that led me off to traveling. I went to college away, kept going further West, landed in Japan, Australia, different places playing ball and got exposed to different cultures. Baseball, right? Baseball. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can't say ball. That's reserved for basketball. I know. I mean, I'm from a basketball family, though, but I'm the only baseball player. I'm, you know, I'm the eclectic one, the alternative, the alternative. But um, I, um, I started getting exposed to different cultures and teachings and stuff. And I used to be a practicing Christian at the time. And, and then when I got to different places, I was like, I was born again at the time. So I was like, there's no way that people who are out here are going to perish in an eternal hell because they don't um, admit that Jesus is their savior, essentially. That was like my, my thought. So I was like, I'm open to learn new things in the area. Came across some cool teachers and it got me into learning about Tantra, learning about Taoist Tantra, Tibetan Tantra, and sexuality. And um, it really influenced um, not just me sexually, but also just how I related to people, related to life, and just made connections and friendships. This is not your first time collaborating with me professionally. Like I said, we've worked on that Netflix show together, but on three different seasons, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. more. But uh, in addition, you have been on my YouTube channel where you taught tantric massage and you were on one of our most listened to episodes with Tenariel about sex magic. Mm -hmm. So if people are curious to hear more on this platform in particular about your expertise. They can go to those. Mm -hmm. Today you are here. Not as an expert, always as an expert, but as someone who's had a vulnerable aha of late mm -hmm. that you want to share. And I asked you for a story to get us into it. So I don't have my cacao, but if I did, I'd be sipping it right now. <laughs> and uh, Brendan sells cacao. And I'd be asking you to do tell. Yeah, I know you loving that tea. <laughs> <laughs> Armpits are sweating. Um, Okay, before we get into that story, get cozy. And speaking of which, support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. Layer Up season is here, and if you're not ready, it is not too late to start your fall wardrobe refresh. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier and chic-er. Is chic-er a word? We're going to make it one. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. From luxurious cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories to elevated versions of your everyday basics. Not to mention the most incredible home essentials too. Jenny Kane is here to help you live your best season yet. And for a limited time, our listeners get 15% off their first order. This is all from my soft girl, chic girl, minimalist queens. They have all the, how do you get that look pieces that you see in street style, but you can't seem to translate into your own wardrobe. And that is because even though they look like basics, the quality, the cut, and the colors are absolutely not. For example, the cashmere peacoat. This is the kind of piece that you will buy once and pass down to your kids or to your play kids. Add to cart for me. Get inspired and get into JennyKane.com. And when you're ready to bring something home special for yourself or for someone special, use the code LOVERS at checkout to get 15% off. My biggest aha moment and realization, because intimacy is my thing, like, of course, with intimacy, sexuality is all in the umbrella, but relating is what's starting to mean more to me, like, that's above all in regards to relationships. And um, and I was just having a, a think back about, like, my travel experience and all the amazing encounters that I've had with beautiful women around the world. And um, I was thinking when I was young how much I would chase... And this is something that my friend has, um, he brought this concept to me. Um, how much I've chased, I have chased fireworks in my life. And fireworks in the realms of, we're saying in sex, like the dopamine hit, like the oxytocin, we want those things. But also just in connections. And in traveling, I would meet like amazing people. And then like get these sparks and flying. And I'm like, okay, I have the capacity to hold this like, uh, this energy of a new connection. But also, there was no capacity to hold um, the the connection if it went left or went right. Like it was more, I was here for the fireworks show, but then I would dip out, you know, if things didn't work out. I didn't have the capacity, and I I like to say it's like we know the term kaboom. It's like I was here for the ka, but I would like dip for the boom, you know. And that was like that was my mo. And in working with so many men over the years, I'm like I see this pattern not just from me being that way in the past, but also a lot of men. Um, being so open and available for the beginning stages of connection, but then um, not having the capacity or not choosing to have the capacity to be able to, to be there in open communication and vulnerability in deciding whether this is going to go the long distance or it's just a now thing. So um, I think about an experience that I had, and um, this was when I was in Australia. 
Um, I was on a, a a baseball contract, not a ball contract, a baseball contract. Thank you for a year, and um, we had like a, we had a beautiful romance, you know, and um, everything was checking out. That it was like an amazing experience. Um, as and we were also sexually monogamous at the time, and it was clear on that. But as like time kept going by, and we're getting closer to like my contract ending. It was like this undertone of like it's assumed that like um, I'm gonna be leaving and she's gonna be staying there, and um, I was so there for the for the ka and the kaboom, and I didn't have it in me to be able to communicate that like to, to clear things up that hey, I'm not gonna be staying here, so, and I'm not gonna be bringing you with me, and I'm not gonna be bringing you with me exactly, and I don't have any plans of coming back and or um, you coming to see me. So it's like I left this thing in like the in the void, you know, and um, in being in masculinity work now, I see how terrible that is for a nervous system, how terrible that is for um, for relating, for intimacy and not only for um, the person in front of me, but also like for me, because there's a level of shame that's coming in that like, yo, why can't you just clear this shit up? You know, why can't you be open and honest about the status of this connection? Were they asking with their words, with their body, with both? Yeah, it was definitely like a big ass elephant in the room, you know, big ass elephant in the room. And I was thinking about this the other day because I was like speaking about the ghosting culture and about like how like I can see how people who are unequipped ghost and how easy it is to be in that space because I've done that. I've been ghosted and also um, I've ghosted. I've, I've been on both ends of that. And um, in this situation, like, our whole year together was like this beautiful, like dopamine fireworks show, you know? Um, Can you take me to a beautiful memory? Yeah. Um. <laughs> she already knows her, Brendan. <laughs> Don't try to make it. She already knows you're talking about her. Yeah. Um, we just had this moment um, and it was like, for me, it was my first time that, that far away from home. It was Australia. Um, she took me up to this part of Australia that was like some of the most gorgeous beaches I've ever seen. And I was sitting here and I was just, I was sitting there and I was just like, this, this can't be real. Like, this is like stuff that I've seen in movies, like in regards to like being on a beach, like crystal blue water is like the, the, the best food, seafood coming in. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, bro, like you don't, you don't have to leave here. Like, like why am I putting pressure to leave as because the thing is, it's like the grass is greener thing kept coming into me. You know, like a lot of men do this. It's like we think the grass is greener somewhere else. Even though my grass was green as hell in that moment with her in that beautiful space, a part of me was still thinking about the other side of the fence. And, um, and I realized how terrible that was for um, the connection. And also um, when we were intimate that night, like making love and everything, like I was like, you know, I can easily just say and be honest that this is not going to be, you know, um, it's not going to be a, a thing going forward. But and I was afraid, you know, I was I was deeply afraid. So I was on a, a coaching call with a client the other day and he was experiencing something similar. And um, and I thought back to the situation. I was just like, yo, um, it's so uncomfortable to be open, honest, and vulnerable as a dude, to even admit that like, I'm gonna miss you or, and or it's like, I see a future with you. Um, and I remember- Or to your point, I don't. I don't see a future with you, yeah. And to put language around these things, um, I understand like the pain points in a lot of people, man or woman who, who do ghost others because I've lived in that situation. And no matter how much beauty that there was and how much fireworks that there was, there was still something in me that wasn't able to actually bring it to the surface to be like, hey, you know, like, um, I really like you, um, but, and I feel there's an expiration date to this. Um, so I say all this to, to share because um, in the masculinity work, because I speak a lot about this with Jared and, and like, what the hell are men doing and stuff like that. From my perspective, it's, it's um, the vulnerability piece. It's it's a language. It's a skill. It's a muscle to be able to be like, hey, like we, our our time is up. And on a side note, this is what really this is how you inspire me deeply with how like a straight shooter you are. 
with things. Like it's either yes, no, I don't like that. Or, and then it's like, and then, but also for you, it's like, if you don't like that, but you're still open to hear why, you know? And I feel that's a very important thing for a man to be able to do, to discern. And, um, and yeah, so it's, uh, I'm getting a little sentimental inside of me now because I'm thinking about all these moments that def have defined intimacy for me and how much of these patterns I had to repeat to be able to get to a space to be like, hey, just talk to her. You know, just be in that space. And it's okay, whatever happens. Tell me more about that. Mm. What kind of tea do you want? <laughs> Before we go a layer deeper, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, a couple of months ago, I realized that I was in a phase that even though everything was going well, I still just felt really off. And I realized through talking it out that for such a long time, my ability to think ahead and focus on the future is what led to all of my success. But now my inability to stay present made it really impossible for me to enjoy it. So have you ever felt like that before? Like your brain is getting in the way of its own happiness and productivity. Now therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of working against yourself. Kind of like my man, Brendan said. What are you doing to work on yourself right these days? Mm, what am I not doing? Um, <laughs> I use different modalities. So I have a therapist. Um, that's a big one for me. And um, I also have... I don't, I'm not, not going to use the term. I have a teacher in the Amazon. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no cost. Like I've said before, you can do video chats, you can do phone chat, you can do text, you can do email. I used to do email and phone chats when I used BetterHelp. It was what worked best for me, but you decide what's best for you. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash lovers today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's better H E L P dot com slash lovers for that 10% off your first month. In the realms of tantric relating and intimacy and, and building deeper connections, um, it's also our responsibility to, to be the riverbed for the river flow. If that makes any sense. Like the, the flow of water is determined by the, the structure underneath it. Um, and communication and open and honest vulnerability is that. And um, yes, with our partners, but then also with our boys, our homies, our dudes, um, as a muscle and practicing that. So in this particular story that you're telling, you ghosted her? Um, it wasn't a ghost. We still maintained the connection. How but did there, it but, end? There, but there was a lingering. There was a lingering that was really unsettling. Because I wasn't in the space to be like, hey, it's, it's not happening, you know? Um, we had a beautiful ending. She brought me to the airport and everything. Sweet tears of goodbye. Um, but then, like, right when I was out of that physical space with her, it was like something shifted in me. Like, okay, the grass is greener over there, you know? And I'm going to go seeking that thing. So you were able to let go. I was able to let go. But you knew she was still holding on. Absolutely. And, it, and I understand, too, it's always more difficult for the person who stays and then the person who leaves regardless of anything. Um, so without the clear communication and the, and the openness to want to resolve and to just address the elephant in the room, um, there was definitely turmoil that was created in, in the space between us. I love, we were talking about this briefly upstairs, but you associated all of these experiences with the boom that you said, which I think is a beautiful thing to admit, you are not equipped for or have not been equipped for to manage? What are some of the things that happen in the boom that you've been afraid of? Yeah, it's a great question. Cause I also, I self inquire about this when it comes to intimacy and the boom is like, let's say falling off of uh, an illusionary pedestal of like, oh, like he's, he's a good guy he took care of me, but it's like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a villain essentially, you know? Like the, the villainness of that, like, it's like that brings cringe to me, you know? Um, not looking strong or all these stereotypical things that that men deal with you know that i've experienced too it's like the fall from grace the inevitable fall from grace is is probably the main thing it's interesting because it's self-fulfilling prophecy because your boom across the board has probably been he disappeared he didn't show up Absolutely. he didn't stay 
But I guess to your point, you never had to face that. By the mm-hmm. time that they experienced that disillusionment, you were not in vision anymore. Yeah, I was on to the next, you know, next location, next this, next that, next training, whatever it might have been. There was always something to to fill in the void of just not addressing the situation. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really, um, and I feel these things like in regards to relating, it's, it, it highlights that like the capacity of the boom to me is that that's the intimacy. Like that's the actual intimacy is the boom. It's not the cut, you know, it's not the cut. Like the cut to me is more biological. It's like, let's, let's get it. You know, it's, it's that, but the boom is where we actually build genuine connections. You know, like that's where we build lifelong lovers and, and, and commitment. And that's the thing that like, I didn't have the muscle for that. And I also know so much, so many men out there um, that I've worked with and who hit me up, like they struggle with the capacity with that muscle to be able to build that intimacy in the boom. People call this a fear of commitment, dumbed down. Does that apply to you? Um, I would say no, because once upon a time I was engaged. I don't know if I ever told you that. No. Yeah, I was engaged. We're not really friends. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, you're a stranger, Shane. <laughs> who are you? Who is you? Um, I was engaged. Not hard time. to believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was engaged one time and like I was all in, like all in and and it went south. Like there was definitely some deceit on the other end and like um, infidelity. And it really like shifted me into this, like the grass has to be greener space, you know? Um, and so when it came to things, I was like, my heart was always front facing and always open, but it was never like a fear of commitment. It was more of like, is the grass greener somewhere else? Like, is this the thing, you know, almost seeking perfection and, and imperfection. Um, so yeah, I would say commitment is like, I've never had a fear of commitment by any means because let's say like my life personally, um, subjectively, it's like I've committed to, let's say sports, committed to training, committed to my business, committed to clients. And I'm there for that. But it was more of like, I'm going to dip out before I get hurt, mm. you know? And then, so that was like the ramifications. I think of you're it. describing a fear of commitment, but it's <laughs> in your mouth. But I'm what I'm hearing, I think it's actually interesting to me, is that it's also it's an equal mix of a lust for the ka and the fear of the boom. Mm. And that's what it is. Cause it's not all you're all because I feel like you're also acknowledging that there will be no person that you're going to feel those everlasting butterfly in your stomach. Days on the perfect beach, mm-hmm. forever feelings with that. There's every person. There is no mm-hmm. grass that is ever going to be that green. So that puts you in a perpetual state of hopping from one to the next, to the next, which is not a bad thing. It's just something mm-hmm. to realize about yourself if that's what you really want. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I've been in that space and and worked with many in that who are in that perpetual like the next one. Or maybe this just isn't it for me, you know, and not realizing that the intimacy that I truly seek is in that boom. It's it's actually in there. Um, yes, it's it's in the self, but it's also in the co, the co, the teamwork in that intimacy. And it's like no, like nobody's gonna be perfect for me, you know. So um, it was such like an aha moment when I realized that um, seeking intimacy with the grass is greener was like a, a bottomless pit. Tell me about that though, because I want to hear more about the grass is greener. Did do you genuinely believe that there is a person that is more perfect than anyone you've ever met before? Is that what that means? No, for me, it's like, well, now it's shifted from what it used to be when I was an athlete and playing. But now, like um, the perfection, let's say perfection, air quotes, is that um, somebody who is open and available and willing to repair um, in a space with me. Like to me, that is like my definition of perfection now. Um, one, because my behavior in the past was to be able to, was to be like, well, I don't want to get hurt. Let me close off and dip out. And then I've experienced that too. Um, so somebody who's open and willing to repair, if somebody's not willing to be in a space of repair, for me, that's 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 not perfection. So then I guess it's a matter of timing then too, because maybe you've met people that you were willing to go to repair, but you weren't. And then when you were willing to go to repair, they weren't. So finding that grass is greener is acknowledging that you're going to have all those amazing feelings in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then when things start to become layered 
Yeah. That person wants to go into the weeds with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's the seasons, you know, like acknowledging, recognizing the seasons, and then also not being afraid to speak of the actual seasons that I'm in and then creating a space to hear what season that they're in. And I feel that's been like a big hiccup. Um, and I wouldn't even say a hiccup because it led me to where I'm at now. I'm a, a big learning from my past. And I feel a lot of people also struggle with identifying the season that they're in and then also with the person that they're wanting to relate with. I was going to ask that question because as I'm thinking about this, I'm always thinking about what people are hearing because some people are hearing this from the vantage of being with someone whom they really deeply have a bond with that that person's not willing to commit and go there with them, go to the boom with them. And they might be encouraged to hear that they really want that. They just need more encouragement. On the flip side, that person just may not be in the season where they're ever going to be open to that. How do you discern the two? Yeah. Um, well, personally for me, like if, like in my experience, if, if I'm relating with somebody and um, let's say just simply asking, hey, do you have space for me to share something? And if, if there's no room or there's like, like an itch to not for somebody to be all in with their presence in that space, for me, it's like, I don't know if they're able to be able to, if we can build off this. Um, now, with, with that to say, I, I get so many women all the time who hit me up and be like, um, my partner's not growing or he's not doing the work or, or I'm actually, I'm going to buy him some sessions with you. And I'm like, first of all, don't waste your money because you know he ain't going to come to these sessions if you just put the money out. That's just how men work in that way. Um, but there is, a, is, there is a fine line because my thing is it's like never date potential, you know, like never date potential. However, um, if somebody has the, the standards for me, like in regards to like they're willing to repair they're aware that they're 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 actively trying. I'm like to me, that's all, that's that's the, the the whole kaboom, you know. For me now, back then it wasn't. That's a really interesting differentiation because I was having this discussion on my podcast episode. Whenever this comes out, last week though, um, the advice that make a list of what you truly want in a pars in a partner and become that list, mm. but. A lot of us, partnership gives us an opportunity to expand in ways we could never on our own. It gives us opportunities to heal, to have insight, to grow, to learn in ways that we couldn't do solo. We are social species. So this idea that we have to be all of the best things and the most healed parts of ourselves before we can enter into a partnership kind of negates a lot of what the beauty of being together and in community really is. So mm -hmm. how do you differentiate between you're not this right now? But I'm saying yes to your potential mm -hmm. without damning myself to falling in love of a dream that will never come to fruition. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one recently was like one of my close friends in a, in a partnership. And when they started it, um, uh, he was clear that um, he wanted children, like at least try. And she was like, mm, kind of like, no, I don't know. Seven years later, he's like, I really want children. She's like, no, it's a no for me essentially and then like, he's really upset and i'm like but but bro she she told you and communicated clearly like it could go either way um but so i use that example because it's like if there's like clear and direct communication of standards and expectations healthy expectations um without projection i feel that's like the defining factor of like to see where somebody's at like i'm all for like on a first date, like asking somebody, do you want kids? You know, because I know some people are weird about things like that. Like, take it slow and take it easy. I'm like, no, ask them. Like, what do they see? You know, like, these are things we have to consider. I don't know how you feel about this. Like, even with Jared or before Jared, it's like you kind of like filtering out like what's worth your time and what isn't. Yeah, that's a tricky one, too, because then it's through partnership. I didn't realize I wanted kids until I was in love with Jared. Mm. And it was in what we shared that I found that I had the capacity and the desire to expand our love to other people. But before I knew that kind of love even was a thing, because I never experienced it. Yeah, I couldn't imagine myself having kids. So yeah. that's it's the tricky thing. You, it It's is. a gamble, right? I think it that's a part gamble. of it, too. You're not going to have a surefire way. And... You can have hard and fast rules like don't date potential, but sometimes that works out. Yeah. I say like the shutdown thing too. It's like, let's say like a partner, say a woman is desiring for her partner to like, you know, like expand or maybe go make a community of their own or something like that. And it's, it's met with coldness, disassociation, or just like whatever kind of thing. I feel that gets to be looked at like with a sense of urgency. But if somebody is genuinely like 
trying or putting in effort, like going to stuff, I'm like, I can work with that kind of potential. Yes. That's the thing. Yes. Part of the interruption, but I want to take a quick second to invite you to reflect on that question. What are your thoughts and rules around dating someone for their potential? And while you are ruminating on that question, I want to tell you about Dipsy, an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. Now you'll recall during our episode on the Kama Sutra, no R required, see I learned y'all, um, Seema was saying that one of the ways couples can get in the mood during foreplay rather than just getting right to touching is by telling each other naughty stories. And maybe you're not in the mood to think of your own story that day and that's when Dipsy can come and play and be clutch. It can really just take the day off and take you where you want to go. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners. 56% are voice acted by people of color. Sharonis Jackson is one of those voices. Plus, Dipsy has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories that you can read, which remind me to tell you guys about the time that I made it into the Mile High Club because of a sexy story that I read in a plane. Let Dipsy be your go-to space to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax, unwind, or heat things up with a partner. We actually did some sexy story time last night and it was hot. It was really, really fun. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering extended 30-day free trial. Yes, all of this is going to be free for you guys. All you have to do is go to dipsystories.com slash lovers and for 30 days you get to play and I truly mean play around for free. Once again, that's D-I-E-P. D-I-F, bitch, D-I-P-C, nope, nope, that's not how you spell it, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash lovers, and that's how you get your extended 30-day free trial, D-I-P-S-E-A, it's not that hard. I have what you want, and you want what I have, and you have what I want, and I want what you have, so we don't have to have the exact same things, but what you have, I either aspire to or I admire, mm -hmm. and I create a space for that to f cultivate, thrive, and flourish, whether I'm participating or not. And similarly, like you want what I have. You may not have it, but you admire the fact that it's in me. And so th I think that's where potential can live. So maybe you're not there right now, but you see this, this thing in me, and you're like, I really want that too. Yeah. We can do something with that. But introducing someone to a brand new concept or trying to push an idea on somebody or accepting somebody's aspiration with nothing behind it, with no action, no no record of proof, that yeah. is a much bigger gamble. But all of it's a gamble regardless. It all, all is a gamble. And like there's things that do like I'm not one tantrum mind of like not ticking boxes, but things like that I have to tick, you know, of like the, the expanded version. Um, I mentioned to you the other day it's um, – the last um, um, really prolific relating experience that I have with somebody, it's um, she owns a house. She's settled. She has her community, in-person community, business owner, but she has everything, you know? And it's like, I'm still on the cusp of like floating between Mexico City and coming back to the States, back and forth. I'm not a homeowner yet, you know? Um, it hasn't been a priority for me. So in regards to seasons, in regards to, let's say, even not potential as humans, but potential in our building of a relationship, it's like, from her perspective, I see it so clearly. Because for her, it's like, you know, Brendan has the potential. I could see her saying, this is me projecting. Brendan has the potential. Great guy. Um, cool career. Big heart. like Meaty. <laughs> Meaty as hell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Meaty. Um, and it's like... Um, I'm actively working on myself. So like, let's say for me, that's a kind of potential, you know, um, because I'm not just like sitting around doing nada, you know, like I'm building my cacao brand. Um, I'm bringing people into the jungle and the Amazon. And it's like, I'm, I'm just really in this space. But, and it's like, it's a kind of potential that I have that also can leave some inspiration or some hope that, yeah, we can relate through this thing. Sidebar, what is but and? What is what? But and? Um, I just like to put and after but because for me I feel but negates what I just said. So I just kind of do but and. But I do like everybody likes a little but and, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you could just say and, but I also <laughs> I like that. I accept that. Um I'm glad that you brought that relationship up because I didn't want to bring it up because it was your business that you shared with me. But my business is your business now, Shan. We friends. Thank you. That's all <laughs> I want from guests, okay? Just give it to me. Um 
last time I saw you, which was a week ago, mm -hmm. I said, how's your love life? And you said, I just ended a beautiful romance. Mm -hmm. So in light of all of these ahas that you've had about only chasing the ka, not being there for the boom, having a deep desire to go there with someone, but having a lot of fears and roadblocks around the work that's gonna take, how does the end of this romance kind of fit with the new narrative that now you're ready to settle down, be grounded and go there with someone? Yeah, the, the new narrative is like, because like, let's say um, with that relating, like it's not, the, it's, it's a different version of it. Like for me, it was like the, the physicality of being with her in that space, like that version ended, you know, of, of us relating in that space. Now it's like I, I set back out into the world and I'm doing my thing. So whatever that that physical version of us in that space was, it's like that ended, you know, and it was really sad for me. Um, I feel it's like it, it comes with the uh, like the 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 seasons of change, you know. Um, and that one rocked me really, really hard because you you mentioned this before about um, like want like seeing something in somebody else and then them seeing it in me, and then wanting that. Like I see her in this space of like so settled. Like I'm not really wanting to travel as much anymore like I used to. And it's like, it's really like amazing seeing her in that space and it inspires me to create a life so I can have that for myself now through and through. Um, but what I- But and. No, just a but, no, just an and this time. <laughs> and um, what I learned from that was my capacity in how to repair and have these conversations because she is an amazing person at just being like, hey, I'm feeling this thing. Like I, 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 I'm putting space to it, but I need to talk about it with you, whether it's today or tomorrow, but I need to talk about it. And what that does, like, and invites me into the space as well, because given my past as well, of like kind of just like letting the elephant chill over there, like, you know, what up? You know, like, <laughs> like, it's like, it's inviting me to be open and transparent. And I've, I've grown so much just from that kind of relating. Is this recent relationship what has given you the beautiful epiphany that you've brought here today? Absolutely. Um, with like the aha moment of like clarity and patterns from the past, you know, and leaving things unsaid is just not healthy. Like in my experience, when it comes to intimacy and relating and in me being in the space of, of supporting people, how to how to relate in a, in a spiritual sense and how to relate in a, in a just a basic, you know, I'm human, you're human sense. It really has grown me. Um, and it is still like a it's a definitely a tender spot because um it's it's one of those things that it's like you know it's does it have an expiration date or doesn't it have an expiration date you know so um but we're clear on the season that we're in i think that's where the timing piece comes into everything because having an aha and being ready to put action behind it are not back-to-back -back things and they shouldn't be right like yeah. Oftentimes, if we want to change something, if I want to go from not having a degree to having a degree, there's four years that it takes to transition from one space to the next. And so for you, your lifestyle is still that of somebody who's nomadic and mm -hmm. who is constantly traveling. And you, I would assume, are meeting amazing people all the time. And so even though you're acknowledging that that's really not what you're seeking anymore, that's still what's in front of you because of your lifestyle. And that can't change overnight. Yeah, you can't. And that's that's a great way to um to put it. It's um it's I acknowledge the season that I'm in and I'm able to speak that now still. Yeah, the season's coming to an end. I know it, but I can say it straightforward. You know what's fascinating about this conversation is because you're mid thirties and um, yeah. as a man, it's like no one's looking at you like, Why haven't you found somebody? You need to say are people doing that to you? Or is Besides my family? <laughs> besides, my, besides my moms and my pops and pops like I'm on grandbabies like pops I gotta get in a relationship first you know what I'm saying like come on man um, no there is no pressure but there is like a, a level of pressure absolutely like being like having a platform on social media teaching intimacy teaching sexuality people want the the goop you know oh interesting they, like people want like they I get messages all the time are you single who are you with or like um but isn't that them trying to slide? I feel it's like a, a slide technique, like sliding the DMs. Yeah. You know? um, or you think it's judgment? Um, I feel it's like it could be a mixture of both because also I can see people being like, oh, he, he's not in a, let's say, a long-term committed relationship. So, but why is he teaching Tantra? Why is he doing this? You know? 
And it's like, I've learned so much about intimacy and Tantra by my travels and relating with beautiful people around the world. Um, but I feel like sometimes, and it's self-pressure too, but I'm like, that's the evolution of who I am too. It's like stepping into that, that kind of relating. Like, um, say, what? look at you and Jared, you know? People love like watching the both of y'all, whether it's with popcorn or, you know, whatever, super fans, but they just love the Shannon Jared dynamic. It's, it's very fruitful. It's inspiring. It's moving, you know? And I feel at times pressured to also be in that space. Mm. Interesting. Cause I also, I actually, I want to, I want you to answer that question. What have you learned that has strengthened your expertise in Tantra through being single and nomadic? Self-cultivation. So it's like, yes, I meet a lot of amazing people when I travel, but I actually barely have sex. Like, barely. Like, um, self-cultivation, and you could say it's like white tantra. It's, um, it's about self-adornment, like my practices, edging, like masturbation without, you know, um, ejaculating. Um, spiritual practices. You're referencing me as if I know what you're talking about. I mean, I was like, I was like hoping you catch on. Like, part of the interruption. But speaking of being lost in translation, I have a riddle for you from our sponsor, Babel. Okay, you ready? What do you call a person who speaks three languages? Correct, trilingual. Someone who speaks two languages? Correct again, bilingual. Here's the trick: someone who speaks one language. You call them American. Only 22% of Americans speak a language other than English at home. Start learning a new language this fall and be the exception, not the rule. Because with Babbel, you can start speaking a new language in just three weeks. Now, why Babbel? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts. And these lessons are delivered with conversation-based teaching. Now, if you're traveling sometime soon, it is so easy to pick up on how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps. It is satisfying to learn with Babbel because when you say it and pronounce it correctly, porque cuando lo dices y lo pronuncias bien, Babbel lets you know with this sound. With over 10 million subscriptions sold, Babbel is real language learning for real conversations. And it's really time to ask yourself, why not you? And why not now? Especially because for a limited time, lovers and friends listeners get 55% off our Babbel subscriptions. But again, only for us when you go to babbel.com slash lovers. See, get 55% off at babbel.com slash lovers. Spell it out. You know, I'm great at this. B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash lovers. Rules and restrictions may apply. Edging is a, pra a sexual practice for a man. Um, it's essentially masturbating without ejaculating. So if there's a scale of, let's say, zero to 10, if this is, you know, um, arbitrary. But it's like um, zero is flaccid penis, 10 is like super hard erection about to ejaculate or is ejaculating. Edging is a practice that as a man, um, we want to stay between like a six and a seven on that scale. So it's like we almost get to the point of ejaculation. And then it's like we get up and start breathing and move that energy of like that orgasmic feeling back into the body chill, and then go right back into it. So it's a sexual practice of, of self-cultivation, discipline, which is a big one for men and, and relating in sex. Um, so that's a part of like white Tantra and that's what Tantra has taught me was discipline with myself. That's semen retention. Does that lend itself to lasting longer? Does that lend itself to better orgasms or am I missing the point? As a man, it leads to, to um, extended orgasms because um, as a man, it's like the way I like to put it, it's like when we physically ejaculate, it's like a closing, you know, it's like a, our shoulders go in, our heart, everything's closing. But the orgasmic feeling is right before the ejaculation. It's like the, the opening, the opening happens. And then right after the physical part happens, it's a closing, you know. So this practice helps keep the opening open. That makes sense. And that translates to when I'm in an a intimate sexual space with somebody that I can keep going and nurturing the sexuality, the space. Like, I'm not just going to be one and done. You know, I'm not just going to come once and be done. Uh, I'm practicing and cultivating myself to have long periods of sex that's really intimate and fruitful. So essentially, men can orgasm over and over again, um, but it takes work and practice. So this, this practice is just one of many that um, is from um, ancient practices that, um, that we can use. So bringing it back to like traveling, it's like, that's pretty much my life. You know, that's, I do these practices to help sustain me. 
And I know that's going to translate one day to with a partner. Because Tantra is a lot about connection and it is something that you traditionally do with a partner, mm -hmm. but through doing it with yourself, you've been able to grow immensely. Have you been able to have deeply connecting, loving experiences in these ka romances? Or are you aware that there's still so much that you have yet to experience having never gone to the boom? Yeah, there's so, so much in the ka experiences. And one thing that Tantra has taught me too, like, and that I've been practicing the last several years is that um, the slow down. Like, yeah, you see fireworks, bro, but like, don't run towards them, like take a seat. And, and that's been the biggest thing because in the past when I was athlete playing ball, I would just dive head first right into like the fireworks. Like, oh my God, it's amazing, which it is. But this version of me is, is, is in a space where it's like, bro, just pull a, pull a beach chair and just, just observe it, slow down. And that Tantra has taught me the, the slow down. And I've experienced this with past connections. Um, I mentioned one with the podcast with, with Tenereal, with, with that, um, that amazing, like uh, glowing crystal raindrops fall. <laughs> yeah, like, like, that was an experience where it was like, wow, this is deeply tantric and deeply present. Because a tantric lifestyle is just, and tantric relating is just, how present can I be in this moment despite how I'm feeling? Like, even if I'm in my chaos, can I still be here with you, be here in this space? And also not afraid to express where I'm at. One of my Tantra teachers, he would tell me, he goes, he would say, he'd be like, yo, bam, um, you can't bake bread in a cold oven. He goes, you got to warm it up. <laughs> He's an old school black dude. You got to warm it up. And I'm like, it makes so much sense. And there was a guy in the space. So he goes, but, but can I touch your breast? He goes, no, not even touching her breast. Like you have to just touch the spots away from her, from, from her parts, like find the freckles on her body move around, slow down. Because as men, we have this thing, it's like, you know, like right away, there's times and places for that, but we want to just strip. And that also translates to, to the intimacy that I've also found for myself. It's like, I went strictly into the fireworks and I fizzled out before I even got to the boom, you know, to have the capacity to be able to, to, to have a longstanding intimacy. There's the question, I mean, that was a beautiful analogy. And as you said that, you know, you can't bake bread in a cold oven, that applies to relationships too, right? Like mm -hmm. you you do need that. I'm very big on the slow. Like you're hitting all my spots right now. Mm -hmm. um, I've done multiple episodes about the joy, the dangers of love at first sight and of fast love. And as I'm even hearing you talk, we had an episode where we traditionally have a third segment, which we don't have this time because you're my meat. Um, and I didn't get to have a third segment in a particular episode. And what I really wanted to reflect back with somebody else is that because in this person's romance, it was fast and it was furious and it was delicious, right? Like it's that meal that you sat down that your mouth watered and you devoured right away. And it was so good eating it and it was so good digesting it. And nobody is a fortune teller. That could just be the whole story that it continued to be that savory and that fast and delicious. But a part of me wanted to be like, is what's, what would be so bad about slowing down? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and is, it's interesting because even when you said, you know, for men, sometimes going into it so fast, you lose any stamina that you would have had to go for the longevity part. Or you become so disappointed by the drop down that you become um, uninterested in a way that maybe you wouldn't have if you were just a little bit slower. So it can actually impede romance. But for women, I think traditionally, we're fed the belief system that the faster it is, the more real that it is. Mm. Yeah, no, and that applies. And I'm definitely speaking from a masculine stance when it comes to slowing down just of like we can even say like the patriarchal type of like way of relating that's been like you know spoon fed to us in culture it's like traditionally it's like you look at look at the world it's like well i want to build a house here i'm going to cut down all these trees and then just plop a, a home here and it's like that's not how we warm up the oven you know it's like why not build um around the trees why not build inside like let's let let me build a structure around the tree so it still can grow but a lot of times in our mentality and our appetite as men, we get into the space of like, mm, piece of meat, and we just devour it, you know? It's like, but what if we want a different way about it? And again, this is for somebody who desires to have long-standing intimacy, because there's times that I was just like, I don't want that, I just want the steak, you know? Um, biologically. 
but yeah, it's like in in the relating and 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 the longevity of things. I feel for a man to be conscious and aware of like slow down, and that's the discipline part. This is also the part about the the practice that I was saying with the edging. It's like if I'm able to let's say, and I'm gonna say with air quotes again, conquer myself in regards to like this feels so good masturbating, but I'm gonna stop right there and like withhold myself from that full on pleasure. I'm gonna get there, but it's just not gonna be right now. I'm gonna do this another 10 times before I allow myself to, to release and open up. That has taught me so much about the slowdown. And it's like pleasure is always gonna be there, but can I slow down so I can meet it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, there's so much that you're saying that I'm just like, sometimes I hate when that happens when somebody drops a gem and then they keep talking and then I wanna go back to that gem drop and I stop listening to you because I'm like, that shit was fire. And you just said a bunch of fire shit right there. But um, <laughs> that house analogy rocked me. <laughs> Because that I can like totally relate to where I've had romances where someone came into my life and they cleared all the trees. They're like, this is it. This is my partner. You know, people that I've known for two weeks who were, you know, trying to encourage me to open up sexually with them. And I'm like, hey, I'm on this time of month. And they're like, I'm going to have your children. You're going to have my children. So why would that matter? Mm. And you know, did that, cleared the space and made this thing and brought this fantasy and flew you out, did all those things and then built the house and decided they didn't want to live there anymore. Mm. And now I'm laid bare rather than the person where it's like when they built around my current ecosystem and they didn't try to interrupt what already was there. And if they decided in the end that they didn't want to stay, the disruption was just so much less minimal and so much less difficult to cope with in the loss because mm. I didn't feel like I lost everything buying into their dream. Yeah, wow. That part you just said about like, now this house is there and everything's cleared out and now it's just me in the house. Yeah. Damn, yeah. Yeah, I've done that to partners, past partners as well. And also vice versa. So that hits, you know? Um, and yeah, it's just like this this bully mentality. And intimacy. Go ahead, go I want to ask this because I know that when I started getting really good at making intimate connection, because it's a, it's a gift, I really loved people looking at me as their soulmate mm -hmm. and I really knew how to do it. And so now that you said that you've done it, I'm like, ah, I haven't done it. I'm like, bitch, yes, you have. Mm -hmm. And you kind of enjoyed it in some ways that like even building my house, I knew that I'm like, I'm not staying here, but look at this cool house. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know it's a dope house. And in your know. mind, you're like, no, I'm building this for you. And you're going to have this house with this water slide. And they're like, every time I go down that shit, I think about you. Do you fear that the best person for you has moved on? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, um, like what could have been, you know? Um, but also like with, with Tantra and like living as present as I can be in the moment, it's, I, I don't go back to those, like I process them, I get through them, I grieve them in my own way, you know, I grieve them. And then it's like, I know that the best has yet to come, like in regards to where I'm at. Um, there was a time, though, where I carried a lot of shame and I carried a lot of um, sadness for those situations. But present day, it's like I feel everything truly does happen for a reason. And, and the growth that happens from um, those connections have led me to this point to be able to be in a space to be um, intimately vulnerable in regards to intimacy, subjectively. Vulnerability doesn't, it doesn't equate to softness. Vulnerability is like very masculine and clear communication. So I associate masculinity with vulnerability for clear and directness because of my experiences in the past. It's like how many times I left somebody hanging, how many times somebody left me hanging to be able to feel that that full kaboom in in wholeness, not just the ka or not just the boom, but the full kaboom is to be fully open and vulnerable about, about your desires in the moment. Where can people find you? Hit me up on IG. Brennan Durrell. <laughs> when you give this like beautiful, profound speech, I'm like, yo, so hit me up on the gram. <laughs> That's who I am though, Shan. <laughs> That's why y'all keep inviting me over. Cause I'm not here in a loincloth. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then get your cacao. Oh yeah. And I have an amazing cacao brand coming out. Um, cacao from, it's going to be from West Africa, from Latin America. And it's going to, a brand that's supporting um, uh, regenerative farming and also supporting and ending child labor in West Africa with the cacao industry. So it's a dope, it's a dope uh, project that me and my my homies are doing. 
But um, but yeah, I'm the I'm the chocolate man too. Brendan, just a man in service, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what else can we say? Thank you so much to my friend Brendan, who I'm gonna get to see very soon, I believe. So look out for us on the gram, baby. I believe Brendan's still single, so I'm gonna just tell all my lovers and friends right now. I co-sign. Go ahead and slide on in the DMs. Just just saying. Um, speaking of sliding places, thank you to everybody who's shown love to the podcast of late. There's been a few people who have come back. Oh, no, no. Let me tell you what I did. I went this week to speak at CultureCon and I met so many lovers and friends. It was such a divine experience to like touch you and be with you. I like really actually got emotional standing on stage and just like looking out um, just the sea of beautiful, smart empowered, profound people. Um, some who, you know, were familiar with the work that I do and that just, it means the world. So thank you so much to everybody who I met at CultureCon who said hi, who truly not just made my weekend, but like really lit a fire in me in so many ways. And another way you can light my fire, because I like to light yours too. I'm gonna tell you how you light mine. That's good communication, is by going and rating and reviewing the podcast. Um, so you can do that by going to Apple or you go to Spotify. There's a rate and review section. I'm gonna read out some reviews right now, but I'll also read out a review from YouTube because that's a different way of rating and reviewing. Um, not as beneficial, but and a lot more complainy, but yeah, that exists as well. So on the last episode, if you guys watch the pod versus listen to the pod, there tends to be more issues with watching it because y'all producing a one hour show every week is fucking hard. And doing that in audio is a challenge, but also aligning it with graphics and making sure the camera's set up and then doing color correction on the camera um, and doing lower thirds and then adding in credits and then adding in visuals for the theme song. It can just be very daunting. So this isn't to give a major excuse, but right now it is just Jared and I on the team and we're figuring it out. We're probably going to stay like this till the end of the year, just because We've had a lot of different people come through and we've just kind of found in the end that um, right now, at least, we just need to get the work done and get like, get put our noses down and then figure out what the employee thing looks like top of the year next year. So there's just going to be mistakes until uh, Jared and I get some support and have the capacity to look for the kind of support that we need. So there was a few complaints about, which is valid, don't get me wrong, I want you to have a positive viewing experience as well, but the camera's out of focus and there was some issues last time. But hopefully those of you who just listened to the pod have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, so I just wanted to address that. And Duo Mom says, the information is amazingly useful and helpful. The delivery is straight, no chaser. Love your format, love your delivery and smooth. It's smooth going down. I like that. Thank you. I, I really do. I always often reflect on my voice um, I'm somebody who is like an aficionado of speakers. I love consuming great speakers. As many of you know, I did speech therapy for a number of years to work on my speech um, to make sure that I was speaking deeper and slower because I watched previous content. I used to be really high pitched and like really, really fast. It was kind of annoying to listen to. Um, but I actually recently heard a different style of speaking that I was like, oh, maybe it's time for me to go back to school and evolve that once again. So I appreciate the smooth going down, but it might get even smoother. It's going to sound corny until it gets natural, y'all, so bear with me. Okay. Otis said, this week's episode made me ball. She's talking about the episode about toxic relationships with Leah, which full disclosure, guys, to this day, I'm not sure if it's Leah or Leah. I really should confirm and ask that question. Um, she related so much to the guests and her experiences, as did so many people, and I found a partner now who loves me the way that I've always needed. Congratulations. I'm so happy to hear that. Okay, so someone said, great pod, fun listen. Just found this podcast and really enjoying it. Um, this was a username, 33785036. Thank you so much. Okay, I want to call this one out because DJ Silk said, the podcaster's podcast is a fellow podcaster and content creator. I have such a deep admiration, appreciation, respect for Shannon, lovers and friends. Attention to detail and commitment to quality is consistently delivered. Audio, video, monologues, and interviews is second to none. Wow, that means a lot, especially given the fact that we've been fucking up a little bit of late. Um, I also want to call this out, DJ Silk, because where's, what's your podcast name, babe? If I'm going to be thanking you for showing me love, I want to show you love. So y'all, if you're going to rate and review, pop your shit too. Put a little promo in there for yourself. I will read that. So that's your homework for next week. 
rate and review and tell me what's great about you. And I'll let the people know. And I hope you have a great week until then. Bye lovers. Bye friends. Why you looking at me like it's magic? Used to have me reaching climaxing. Flip you over wherever.